Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. This episode is brought to you by Paramount+. Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG-13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. This is the Metal Sucks Podcast with your hosts, Petter Speich, Jocelyn Sharp, and Sylvia Alvarado. Metal Sucks Podcast. Happy New Year, all our wonderful friends and listeners out there. It is I, your host, uh, Petter Speich, always joined by... horrible on threads have you been on there no. lately or are you even i've on never it? i've never been i i i've given up on all and social don't. media yeah pretty much don't. sad <laughs> uh but at it's the sylvia if you want to check out my nonsense there i feel like I, I i feel like i'm a total asshole if i don't share the post of our podcast on like uh, x or like the facebook but I I forgot my the Facebook yeah whatever so I it's like <laughs> I I have a, a timer on Tuesday or Wednesday to just make sure I just real quick and then go on but I don't even scroll down and look at anything ever anymore really um so I'm really bad at it so I I don't know I just I you know the the novelty of of that is gone but it is definitely part of part of what we're supposed to be doing so i'm i'm, I'm the asshole. Yeah. so if you guys do want to follow me <laughs> i sold it really sold well yourself my yeah. god it is at at, at rise <laughs> to offend on uh facebook and x uh rise to offend official on instagram and of course our other two co-hosts who are not joining us this week but always periodically jump back on that is uh at joslyn sharp that's j-o-z-a-l-y-n sharp uh, at uh, on Facebook, Twitter, or Facebook X Threads, uh, and Instagram, and she has a, at the Wizard of Jaws J O Z on TikTok, and your buddy Gooch Brennan Hahn on Twitter, or on on uh, X and X. And, That's uh, so stupid. It is on X and Instagram <laughs> at your buddy so Gooch. But if you follow anything, the real social media you should be following is at Metal Sucks on everything. Get the stories, mm-hmm. get the posts. That's the best way. Uh, and all that. I follow them. Yeah, oh, yeah. I, fo- I follow yeah. them. Yeah. That's how I know about the stories that we're going to talk about. <laughs> there you go. I visit the site <laughs> and actually read. I pretty much read every story. Like, it's I, it's very rare that I don't get to, through them well because, you know, it's just like four or five a day. So I, I, I really enjoy all the writers and everything they do. So uh, it's mm-hmm. uh, it's not, it's it's part of my routine now because I don't spend a lot of time on the internet, but I, I do spend, it's like your, my top hit on my little, uh, phone or whatever but anyways this week yeah we're, we're here to celebrate the new year 
and one of the most mm-hmm. a- albums I've anticipated the most. And there isn't one. Uh, there's a couple, obviously. Um, but the one that I've really looked forward to is the latest from Lucifer as Lucifer 5. Lucifer 4, Lucifer 3 made our favorite albums of the year when those albums were l- released. And 5 is is just an awesome way to start the new year. I got uh, Joanna Sadonis back on the show to discuss Lucifer 5. So you guys hang in there for that interview. But before that interview, me and Sylvia, we're going to talk a little bit about the Metal Sucks news. First story we want to cover, and this is kind of a uh, America story. This post, but dude, we're going to talk about it, and I don't know if the rest of the world is going to really understand it um, fully because we, uh, our healthcare system is you know garbage it's different it's not universal <laughs> it's uh there's garbage. a lot of we like you have to get second and third opinions i'm sure you do in other places but like when you're just trying to get in and out and and, and, and hey i don't feel good it's it's not as easy as one would think so there's a survey no. here that i want to the, the the post guys and you guys go to metal sucks dot net and read it. survey finds metalheads don't take their care of their health and lie to their doctors now the survey is of 1,002 Americans uh, with their health habits and musical preferences. Now, not do they say that it's it's like like men mostly, or does it not say? It does not show a uh, uh, a gender. A gender. Mm-mm. Okay. No. So just because I'm wondering, yeah. like usually uh, men, and I'm only talking like thinking of my husband. Like he doesn't really like doctors to begin with. Uh, I, I do like, and I think there's like a trust issue there. Yeah. I, I see. That's the thing. I do like doctors, but there is a trust issue because yes, I I've gone in. It's like, I I know I'm, I know that I'm going to leave with, Oh, take this. And it's like, that's not what I'm looking Mm -hmm. for. Sometimes, sometimes I'm looking for, can I get an MRI? Can I, can I do stuff like that? And you gotta kind of, kind of, kind of talk them. No, no, just do an x-ray and we'll go. You gotta like talk them into like, I, I feel like something's wrong with my throat. Um, and or or if uh, if you're a woman, you get dismissed. <laughs> or you get okay. There you go. You get dismissed. Yeah, I, you, because they're like, ah, oh, it's your period. Oh, oh okay. that's that, okay. This is something I wasn't aware of. <laughs> Doctors really say that. Uh, yeah. I mean, there's like those stories where fuck, uh, and or it's like the 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 lady um is having you know pains mm-hmm. oh it's just a period oh i have this like extreme fatigue ah it's just a period and then she has like ovarian cancer well that's the uh the big thing like i i i had a i don't know if you even knew this i had a like this tumor in my chest right under my clavicle right no yeah and this was about mm, eight years ago and i you know Jeez, i uh-huh. was it was just like one day i was like why does it look like a like I thought I hurt myself at the gym or something. I'm like, there's this bump like right next to yeah. my clavicle on my chest. And then I touched and it was like hard as a rock. And it's funny. I uh-huh. went into do uh old uh, rise to offend the old podcast with Brandon. And I go, Hey man, I feel like this, this feels like it's weird. And he like, he touched it. He's like, what the fuck is that man? And he touched the other side of my chest. <laughs> and I'm like, what? I don't know. And so I go into the doctor and the, the, you, you got to go through all these stages. And he's like, Doctor, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, that's that's not good. We got to we got to get that out of there, out of you right away. I'm like, what the fuck? It, like, you know, so so then I go and then they do an X-ray, 
and I'm like, okay, so we do an x-ray, get charged for the x-ray. Now, obviously, it's in my head. I have to sell it to my family like it's no big thing. Hey, it's just, just, don't worry about it. <laughs> you, know, like you, you have to like, kind of, <laughs> in essence, lie to your family it's even though fine. you're freaking the fuck out, right? Uh, you're like, dude. Yeah. And so it's like, they're like, well, we got to do this MRI. We got to figure out, make sure it's benign, see what it is and all that stuff. And so. Sure. And the first doctor I went to, he's like, no, dude, we just got to, I swear to God, he's like, you don't need an MRI. You just cut this open. Let's get it out. There's something there. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. And I'm like, well, I'd like to do the thing. He's like, look, you got an x-ray. There, there's something there. I'm like, well, the x-ray just shows the bones. He goes, yeah, but clearly it, I, I can tell there's something there. We can do this and let's just go. And I'm like, oh my God, this is the guy I got to go to. So um, I go home and I'm like, I got to get a second opinion. I go to a, a, another guy and mind you, you yeah. get paid for the, the shitty, you have to pay for the shitty doctor anyway. <laughs> the other guy's yes. like, well, let's just see what it is, see how large it is. And I'm like, thank you for saying this, sir. So we do the the process. He's like, yes, yeah, it's the size of a golf ball. And it, <gasps> it looks like a tumor. It, yeah, wait till you hear the end of the story. Right? Oh, my God. <laughs> we got to do some tests and see if it's benign or if it's cancerous. I'm like, all right, all right, all right. So, you know, go and lie to, oh, God. Go and lie to your family like an asshole. <laughs> Which is, yep. I just, I can't tell them bad news because you know it's just no because then they're gonna freak out or my friends uh, or my friends and i tell you this right now i'll never forget this brandon after he touched my chest and he saw that there was something kind of there that he thought was off he cried in the parking lot of lotus broadcasting i'm like calm down man calm down so his reaction really dictated how i handle everybody else He's like, holy shit, yeah, man, you're I can't like, lose uh, you. And I was like, oh, yeah. fuck, fuck. Okay, okay. So it's like, you know, it dictated kind of how I delivered the message. So I was honest with people, but I, I just did it in a in a very like, eh, no big deal way. When that first doctor's yeah. like, you know. And then um, so I get the MRI at the size of golf ball. We get in there. Uh, first off, they make you do x-rays every single time, even though it's just showing your bones. It doesn't, I guess, yeah. to, I, doctors know why. I don't know why, but I'm like, they're charging me for x-rays. And I'm like, this is my fourth x-ray, guys. <laughs> like, <laughs> Can't we just share this information? So it not, doesn't hurt. <laughs> <laughs> Can we just share this information? Because <laughs> you get charged some stupid amount of money, you know? Um, yeah, that's why, like, uh, it's yeah, when, that, you, when you hear that, like, oh, you have to get an MRI. <sighs> It's gonna be like seven thousand dollars. But you also, when you when you hear this article, it's like, yeah, we do lie to the doctors because it's like you, you you know, it's hard to trust them. So you want to save? Well, you want to save money, okay? In essence, like you're scared. You want to save money? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I um I For uh, sure. So, so we finally get into surgery day. It's the guy that was like gave me the MRI and all that stuff. Hey, it's a little golf ball, and he's like, let's just double check things. He's like, oh, I looked at it again. It's actually the size of a baseball. I'm like, that's. Oh, awesome, buddy. You know, like, so, like, tells me while I'm like in the you know gown and got the hat on, and it's like gonna go down. He's like, so it's possible that we'll hit it. Like, it just gave me all this shit real quick. Like, possible it's gonna hit a nerve. Da-da, and then, and then like he says all these like really scary things. Like, hey, do you like Led Zeppelin? And I'm, like, I'm fine with Led Zeppelin, sir. <laughs> He's like, well, I'm gonna play some and then count down to three, and they're gonna put you out. Like, dude, I'm telling you, all this happened within 60 seconds before they put the thing on my face, knocked me out while while, while oh, I was listening to Led Zeppelin two for like 30 seconds, and you wake up, and then they're like, everything was good, and they took it out. It's the size of baseball. He was huge. Besides the baseball, it was benign. You got nothing yeah. to worry about, right? <clears throat> so this is like eight years. And you're like, ago. well, that's good. So since then, I've gone to the doctor. And they're like, hey, anything, uh-huh. anything going on, this and that. And then my wife brought this up to me recently. She's like, have you asked them to check, you know, where you have, because I get this scar on my 
being right next to my clavicle on my chest where they took it out. Yes, to maybe recheck that or anything like that. I'm like, nah, I never bring that up. <laughs> like, hey. Shouldn't you? <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, I probably should. So it's like, <laughs> but I feel like it's going to be like this thing. <laughs> it, uh, yeah, I think um, I wouldn't lie to the doctor. I would just. Um, I, 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 I didn't they, lie. I withheld be- and I just. Didn't yeah. want to think about it again because the experience was so bad. Yeah, so uh, they become. For me, it's sometimes it's it's become like a last resort. Like I'll do things that I'm like, okay, I don't even know what a good example is, but something is not right. Okay, what can I do before I go to the doctor so I can exhaust all oh, my, all day my options all day <laughs> and then. And then I think that's how I approach things. We, I mean, I had another story where I, I kind of shared with you is that like I, I have you know had bad allergies and out here in Vegas we've been building so much and and I think our allergies it's have gotten horrible. Worse. Yeah, it's just gotten yeah. worse through the years. Where before it was just this really dry desert and it, it wasn't as bad. I don't know. I, I was more acclimated to it maybe. And so yeah, same. I went in. And they're like, we can give you this shot and it'll take care of your allergies for three months, but you can only get it once a year. And I'm like, okay, cool. Um, I'll take the shot. That sounds like a plan. Let's try this out. Gives me a shot. Uh, go to the nurse's desk. They're like, okay, so you got a flu shot today? And I'm like, um, no, it was an allergy shot. <laughs> well, it says flu shot here. Okay. So I'm like, all right. So go home. Allergies are the same. Get the flu because the flu shot kind of got me a little bit ill. Uh, and nothing sure. nothing changed. And so I, I was just like, I, I felt like duped. I was like, what the fuck was this guy telling me about allergies? He gets me with a flu shot. That's not like... He could have asked me for the flu shot, right? And now I leave because the nurse sees it was a flu shot. And I'm like, I just got duped. And I paid for a flu shot that I wouldn't have paid for otherwise. (laughs) And my allergies are the same. So it's like that happens as well, you know, out here. And you're like, fuck That happened to to me. Same thing. Uh, Yeah, because similar, but I didn't get the flu shot. What happened was uh, my doctor gave me medication for people with COPD and asthma. And the way that I learned this was um, I went to the, I went to a new doctor and he was great. I love him, but he moved to Chicago, of course. And um, he was going over like my medication and he goes, Hey, do you have like COPD? I go, no. Do you have asthma? No. Then why are you taking this medication? Mm. Those were my allergies. (laughs) And he was like, what? No. And so it it goes it goes full circle. And I was like, that motherfucker. That, that's it goes full circle. So it's like when this, this when I read this article, I'm like, yeah, I mean, uh, metalheads not taking care of their health. That sucks. I think we need to. Yeah. But lying to the doctors, the doctors lie to us. <laughs> like, it's, like, it's, it's, <laughs> it's a, a two way totally street. Fair. We're like looking at each other, not trusting, both having chest moves. Like I have chest pain. I remember the doctor said, "You can't say that in a hospital. That means you got might, you might get a heart attack." No. I, Dude, like, if you think I'm going to get a heart attack, then give me all the things that I got to do, like the all the tests and all that stuff, if that's really your diagnosis. But for you to say yeah. to me, I can't say that <laughs> is bullshit. <laughs> like, like, I'm like, I'm not going to get a yeah. heart attack. But I was like, you know, so, so yeah, uh, this article, uh, I was like, uh, you know, I got to talk to another par- parts of the world if they're just straight up open with their doctors. Hey, by the way, I, I this, this, and this, and the doctors do the right things. But, but we have to yes. almost compromise because they're going to give us some medication that does nothing for us, and we're going to be stuck on it. And then you got to wean off of it. That's the shitty thing. Everything they give you, you it have is. to wean off. And if it was a medication, a meaningless yeah. thing that was supposed to help you, like the COPD thing, 
<laughs> that makes me mad, man. <laughs> you know what? No wonder. It, it all makes sense now because, like, my allergies never got better. No. Like, nothing. I didn't feel like. And I th- and, and this is another thing. So, like, I was telling him I was having, like, anytime I went into, like, a crowded place, I would have to, like, take, like, you know, deep breaths. And um, I think that was also another reason. So, like, he made me do this test for, like, breathing. And I think what happened was that's why he was like, oh, she needs stuff for asthma. And um, I learned that it was just social anxiety that I had. Mm. (laughs) So that's why I was taking, you know, deep breaths when I was going into a crowded place. Um, It wasn't because I had asthma or COPD. It's just because I had social anxiety. So, and maybe, the, like I said, this I get, is also, I, I get, this is also an asshole who told me I was fat. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Fuck that guy. So yeah, the trust thing's definitely so, metalhead. Yeah. Thing. So I, we, we get it, mm-hmm. but I don't know, like lying to the doctor, like if something is going wrong or something's not right and you're telling the doctors, everything's fine. I, I just feel like you're fucking yourself. Have you ever been in the room where like a parent or someone doesn't tell the doctor the full scope and you're sitting there? No. Um, I have been. But I, I, I'm pretty sure my dad does that. Mm-hmm. I, I have been. I'm like, wait a second, dude. You're not selling this the whole I way. Know. Do I step in and say, like, actually, doctor, my mom doctor, will, doctor. <laughs> Yeah. Like, my mom will tell me that my dad doesn't really. He's like, everything's good. Yeah. And the do- of course, like, the doctor's going to be like, okay. <laughs> if you're telling me everything's good, I don't see anything's wrong, then... Um, so that's, that's what I'm saying. Like, it sucks that, it's that part of people, yeah. yeah, it's part of the culture that people feel like they have to lie. Um, it, but it just, I feel like you're shooting yourself in the foot doing that, you know? Yeah. Um, maybe withholding information is just a part of our culture in every avenue and people are taught that yeah. because they don't want to be a problem or something. I don't know. Like, like there's something more to this, right? Um, yeah. And so uh moving on to a, a metal story. We went okay. long, we went long on that, but that was just, you know, uh, just it, it it triggered us. I guarantee you we're going to get emails <laughs> about you know what happened with me and the doctor. <laughs> you know like, <laughs> like oh. in America and uh but yeah, if if you don't live in in the states and uh you guys like, have, it's it's we weird see if it's to similar. understand. Yeah. But yeah. I also want to see if your experience is similar, so write us in. Uh rise to offend at gmail.com. Yeah. Uh next story. I'm actually curious. I am too. I am too. Yeah. Um, uh, I've heard very positive things about universal healthcare, very positive. And then I've heard like the, there's really long waits and, and things like that, but like yeah. it, uh, certain things, but again, it's like if the role was reversed and you get a bill in the mail for like 10 grand you know, so like mm-hmm. for like something that you're like, what? I was just checking my heartbeat. You know, it, it's, you know, I, I feel it's, that's a crazy thing. So next story you want to talk about yeah. is, uh, Vegas native. Uh, Corey Taylor, uh, obviously a dude we we all uh, admire and, and love in our scene and and are on the show. Um, he canceled his North American tour for his mental and physical health. Uh, the shows were supposed to start on February third, so like about a month away. Uh, and I'll just read a statement real quick. Um, 
and he posted it on social media. It's it it's it is with a heavy heart that I announced the cancellation of my upcoming North American tour. For the past several months, my mental and physical health have been breaking down, and I reached a place that was unhealthy for my family and I. I know this decision will come as a shock to some and may be regarded as unpopular by others, but after taking a hard look at where I am and where I was going, I need to pull myself back and be home with my family for the time being. Those of you who bought tickets and VIP packages for this upcoming run will get a full refund. I send my love to the fans, my band, my family, and friends, and everyone who's helped me get here thus far. I promise I'm doing everything I can to be as healthy as I can be. Until then, my apologize to everyone who would have seen on the tour, and hopefully we'll see you again down the line. Um, so, obviously, I'm always going to be like very glad you recognized this and did this. I understand mm-hmm. the fans will be upset. But I'm going to say this, uh, you know, that um, he goes too hard, man. Slipknot is a beast. Yeah. And then for him to just, and he did this with Stone Sour for years. Like, it's, and I get he's got a solo band now, and he loves those songs, and he loves those projects and stuff like that. But there's a point where, where they always say work-life balance, right? It's different for uh, anybody in a band that's touring. Um, it's mm-hmm. Work-life balance is like, I'm going to be home every single day and and get some sort of normalcy um and tour life is adventure 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 but it's it's a completely different thing that most of us can't relate to right and to be as successful as Corey taylor is um and do this double duty band thing where he is so like he gives like he gives us records with slipknot he gives us records with this but he tours nonstop with both projects completely different entities it's too much dude do you do you disagree no, <laughs> like it. He's always seemed one to like, Can't, who's always going, 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 going. Like whether it's with Slipknot, still. whether yeah. it's with, yeah, whether it's it's just his solo project and you know interviews and you know everything. Like I I I can't imagine. And plus, you know, it's, he's climbing up in age. You know, fifty years old. So it's it's not as as easy. I would assume being. 50 years old versus when you're like 20, you know? No, dude, exactly. There's responsibilities. There is so much going on. We just talked about the holidays and how it's like nose to the grind for me, like two weeks of the holidays. Yeah, you're still recovering. No, I'm still recovering. It's like got to get everything right for the holidays and do this. And it's just nonstop taking every every house. And it's all about the kids. But it it is work. It is hard work, and then at the end of the day, the memories and all, it's all worth it, but it's like a nonstop thing. Now, uh, every you know, he's obviously got the same situation going, all that stuff, and not, we don't know any, any details, details, but the point is is that, like, you're supposed to be able to just tour when you make, when you succeed to a level of Slipknot, okay? Man, you're supposed to work three months a year, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and mm-hmm. I understand not sitting still, and I understand loving to create music, right? But uh, like full blown tours with both bands back to back, like like he's been doing it's tough. for years, and then especially with the Stone Sour stuff too. Back then, Stone Sour was touring nonstop. It seemed like to me for years, right until there was a break. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, dude, take a fucking take a breather take a break just enjoy your family and you know slipknot's playing sick new world out here dude just that's That's right yeah you know that's like that's in may that's really not that long a break considering he's been Mm -hmm. nonstop. but going back to the interview process that's another thing every interview he does every single one right 
He's one of the coolest guys <laughs> to interview. He's one of the like he gives you gold as far as an artist goes. Oh my god. He's, yes. He a hundred percent makes you feel great. Everything. So he's got to be on all the time. But every single and, interview he does, it's a post on fifty sites. Right? Yeah, and, and then not only that, he's not giving you, you know, a five minute interview, a ten minute interview. No. He's giving you about an hour and a half of an interview. So that's draining. And I don't I don't know if people um realize how drain draining it is to be on all the time. And especially like if Corey Taylor is more of an introvert or if he's more of a creative or you know, whatever. But that shit's draining. Dude, I, and, and from my aspect as an interviewer, right? Mm-hmm. Like, there's times you're running into an interview after all this shit went wrong in your day, and you're like, fuck, I got it. You have to have the right attitude. Like, I'll sit and meditate for, like, five to ten minutes just so I don't come off like some sort of asshole because I've had a horrible day. Yeah. There's because no- you want to you want to make the, the person that you're interviewing feel comfortable. And I know it sounds like maybe to someone who doesn't do this, who doesn't interview people, like, oh, you have to meditate to talk to someone? Yeah, mm-hmm. because this is going out to people. It's not just a regular conversation. You got to clear your it's, head and you, you got to have the right attitude. You have to clear your head yeah. because you cannot have dead silence in the middle of your conversation because then it just ruins the flow and yeah. it ruins the interview and it's 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 not good. It doesn't sound good. Um, yeah, and, and you, everything you're saying is spot on. So it's like there's a whole process, but there is this work thing, right? And then, you know, for him, though, he's just reacting. And think about mm-hmm. all the negativity that people can attach to Slipknot. When you're that high, it's so mm-hmm. easy to bring up anything that he has to navigate through, right, with people that he's gaining mm-hmm. their trust with and, and all that stuff. So. Like, none of us will understand, the, like, I don't want to say none of us because, you know, listen, there's other bands that have been up there. But we can't understand the level of, like, guys like this that when they say they need a break, just fucking respect it. I've seen a lot of negative yeah. comments on the internet, which, yeah, surprise. It sucks. <laughs> like, like um, but um, no matter what, man, like, the the it's gotten harder for everyone on the top to the bottom yeah. touring every it's just gotten harder for everybody it's gotten harder mm-hmm. for you know regular people with inflation and stuff like that um and and you know lying to the doctors and <laughs> yeah it, it, yeah if if you go back to the last story it's come to that it's that we're to that. lying to doctors about our health <laughs> so yeah. i think if people i think people who are complaining or saying bad things one they're just being trolls but I think too, they don't, they're not real fans um, yeah. of Corey Taylor. Because if you were a real fan, you would understand, okay, this person needs, like, it's still a human being that they need rest. They need to, they need to, you know, chill out, whatever they need to do so that when they do come back, they're 100%. So do you want a, a 49% Corey Taylor or do you want someone who's like a thousand percent? I wish we can teach people. Uh, and we can't, you know, it's empathy, it's but empathy, but like just, just history too. You know, there, there, mm-hmm. there is, there is artists in our genre that are no longer with us and we don't know why, but it was, it, it, it's something you can, you can aching it to a mental health thing. You know, if we go to back to the Chester Bennington's or the Chris Cornell, mm-hmm. these legendary people. Yes. I'm not talking about people that, you know, unfortunately had addictions or something like that, um, that, just needed to take a, a oh, again. I don't know. I don't want to sound like an asshole, but a break would have been a great thing to do. 
Um, it could have it could have prevented it stuff. Pre- we exactly. don't know. Yeah, it could have it could have prevented know. something. Um, and then if our you know these these trolls, as you say, the people that aren't their fans didn't attack like they always did so much. Um, all that stuff really matters. So him acknowledging this uh, and spending time with his wonderful family and all that um, is going to yeah. get him where he needs to be. But yeah, dude. Mm-hmm. I, and it's hard to even acknowledge that. It I, is. And, it is. and especially someone of his, um, of, of his level. Level. Yeah. To, to, yeah, to know that like, shit, I can't keep doing this, but I have all these people <laughs> that are waiting on me. Like, I am pretty sure it's not just he woke up one day and be like, oh, I, I need this break. Like, it, I'm pretty sure it had to have like, a lot of thought, a lot of consulting with maybe his wife, his, you know, whoever. Like, I don't think he just did this, on, you know, he just pulled it out of his ass. Agreed. Agreed. You know? Yeah. So uh, let's, uh, let's all of us, wish him the best. Be positive, everybody out there. I know Yeah. people that listen to our show aren't going to troll Corey Taylor. They're going to be positive as it is. But, yeah, just, just any artist, even if you don't like them, just keep it to yourself be nice keep it to yourself you never know man <laughs> yeah um and then the last story before my interview with joanna from lucifer guys lucifer 5 is coming out january 26 so make sure you guys are pre-ordering to pick it up i fucking love it like i said uh they're, they're a band that I, I can't stop listening to it and, and and haven't in the last many years so uh my interview with uh joanna is going to happen here in a couple minutes but the last story we got to touch base on well, there's a lot of stories guys um we're not there's gonna, a lot we're not going to talk about the you know theo from Mr. Bungle, 30 years ago, that is a, a true crime story that just is gross. We don't want to talk Ooh. about him. We're going to pass over the Sharon mm-hmm. or, or Osborne uh, wanting to do OzFest but asking bands to take less money. All that stuff is not what we're talking about. We are going to talk about, however, Rage Against the Machine hangs it up again and won't play any more reunion shows. Um, ay, ay, ay. <sighs> I'm gonna let you go on this one because we all feel the same, right? I don't, I don't even like, I don't even know. <laughs> mm. Um, one of them had who was it? Um, Tim. Who had Tim? Yeah, Tim was the one who had cancer. So, like, I actually thought when um when they brought this up, I thought it was something that had to do with him. It, I mean, which. W- I, it could. Yeah. We, we'll never know the inner circles of them. The Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, Tom Morello is the only one that showed up. I remember that was a thing. Yeah. And it, 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 same with, like, there's just certain bands where, you know, if if they can't come together and write new songs and, and find that creative zen that really is a brotherhood, sisterhood, whatever you want to look at with people yeah. that is one of a kind, um, if you don't have that... Um, it is such a beautiful thing to make money and play songs to the fans. It really, really is. But mm-hmm. I don't think that that's the gel that's going to hold you together forever. Um, and clearly Rage Against the Machine hasn't put out a record for 25 years. 24? No, tw- whatever. You know? Um, oh, my God. It's There's sporadic shows throughout that entire... Yeah, 99 was the last... Was Battle mm-hmm. of Los Angeles. I mean, people can count Renegades, but I'm talking about, like, studio album, right? Um, yeah. And... Uh, their, you know, their music is very meaningful to, and always will be. Um, and to see them live is still such an event. But man, uh, I mean, I, I'm at a loss for words, man. I, I if they don't want to play together, we've always talked about how when a band clearly doesn't like each other, I'm very glad that they keep all their stuff in house and then they'll throw it out there and all over the place, like yeah. Motley Crue does, did or does. Yeah, I think it. You know, that's fine. It but, sucks. 
Yeah, I, I think I think it sucks is because now it just seems like they were um, leading the fans on, you know, like they had a Monica thread. Yes, because the reunion, they're not finishing up all the tour dates that they were going to do. and it, Yeah, uh, so it, like everything, like they're not even going to do like the make goods. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> so, so it's like, hey, you know what? Fuck so it. like yeah. every like they're just OK, you know, you paid all this money. We'll give you your money back. But, you know, we made you wait for was. Let's call it four years now. Three, yeah. four years. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, so, um, and I'm pretty sure people paid good money, right? Oh, to yeah. To see them. Oh, yeah. 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 And the reunion tickets. So, yeah. and I remember seeing one comment where it was like, um, you know, I I paid for it like as soon as they went out, like the tickets were on sale, and I waited and I waited and I waited, and this is so disappointing. And I'm like, yeah, it, because you're you're being let on. Yeah, it it to that's that's exactly it. From the fans' perspective, to not com- just complete that commitment is a bummer. Yeah. And then the way that I think Brad will kind of just said it, hey, you know, let me just say it instead of the band doing a statement together. Um, also, just kind of like like I said, keep it in house, figure it out. If you guys aren't going to do that, it's fine. But just say this is what we're saying, and you know, you know, he ripped the band aid off quickly, but. The frustration is very much there. And then Tom Morello posted yeah. something that was kind of like him talking at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame about, hey, the music still matters. But uh, anyways, uh, yeah, I love I do. I, I, again there, when, when drama follows a band as long as it has, it does hurt the brand. It hurts the music. Yeah. You know? And it's like Rage Against the Machine are kind of untouchable for me, except for this part of their legacy, this part of their mm-hmm. legacy growing up in this time where all these people didn't get to see them um it's uh it sucks it, I, it's you know it's, yeah i do absolutely. feel i understand money i understand all that stuff but i feel like if a band truly knows they can't take a stage back together the most honorable thing is to like just leave it be uh and unfortunately not how it went down here so um no all right with that it's time guys the reason you're here one of the f- albums we're most excited about this year and that is the latest from lucifer lucifer five guys coming out january 26 here's my interview with joanna sedonis does monday at the office feel like a storm not with microsoft copilot that feeling when copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly it's sunny again when copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Everybody, what's going on? Petter, Metal Sucks podcast on the phone. I have Johanna from Lucifer and we are here to celebrate Lucifer 5. It's coming out January 24th. Um, right now we're talking a little bit early, as I was just saying, and you are touring North America with Coven. How is this tour going for you? And tell us how this package came together. It's going great. Uh, I'm sitting here uh, actually right now uh, on an off day in Omaha, out of all places. And last night, Bobby Liebling visited us and we, um, Jinx and Bobby met for the first time last night. I thought it was quite cool and so weird because... I mean, they've been doing this for over 50 years, I guess. <laughs> so, um, yeah, this tour has been really cool. It came together. Um, I've known Jinx for years, and um, 
I thought, you know, people would always uh, throw these comparisons around, um, which I always thought is kind of stupid because it's basically based on blonde hair and black clothes. <laughs> I, I would think Lucifer and Coben is quite different musically. But anyways, I thought, what the hell, you know, let's go on tour together. And they said yes. And um, um, it's quite the night. Uh, Early Moods is a great band to open up. Uh, really cool guys uh, if you don't know them from la um uh, young sound great look cool you know everybody has long hair and uh, they're really going for it on stage and um we're having a blast every night it's a really cool lineup uh, it, it's exciting yeah we're so lucky in north america that you guys finally uh, uh linked up like that and that is crazy that uh bobby liebling and jinx never ran into each other in the last because it just seems like in some capacity those bands would run into each other but that is crazy so the, for the first time they met last night yes yeah totally uh, you never know see weird? yeah i mean I, I was joking with them i said well maybe you did meet but you don't remember <laughs> <laughs> i lean that to be a, there's a possible truth there <laughs> so you know growing up uh, <laughs> so in the seventies, who knows? You know, maybe they yeah. <laughs> they made out and they don't know. They should. They just <laughs> so there's a there's a time. So you know, and that's amazing though. You've been touring a lot since uh, I remember when we talked about Lucifer three pandemic happened, slowed it down. Lucifer four came out, and then the touring has been really full circle for both those records for you guys uh, in a lot of ways. Um, how has the touring been since, you know, coming back and kind of supporting two records on, on one cycle? Yeah, when you support two records, you get like a setlist problem. I remember starting out with Lucifer, first U.S. tour in 2015 or 16 when we were supporting High on Fire. And we had one album and it's like, that's all you can play kind of, you know, and people want an encore, so you have to cover a song or something. Uh, so now it's more the luxury problem of shit, what do we play, you know, from these albums? Uh, and um, actually, touring has been um, shittier for all the bands because yeah. it's a lot more expensive, you know, the traveling and the um, agencies, the uh, travel agencies or the, the um, flight companies, they just take uh, more hidden costs for luggage and bands always have, you know, like um, special luggage. Uh, with instruments and huge cases and stuff so it gets so much more expensive and makes it more impossible you know and then you have like brexit in europe which means uh, if you go uh, if you want to go to the uk it's a huge hassle and pain in the ass to get the paperwork and everything costs more you know and i mean going to the states uh, is also not easy because you need visas but that is the same so that hasn't changed the only thing is that everything takes longer somehow the bureaucracy creeps even slower but yeah um they make it very hard to rock and roll you know <laughs> but we're trying our best to keep at it somehow yeah it, it is it is uh, there's an honor system with us fans when um the bands come through that we just have to budget to i guess counteract all these things that you guys are dealing with and that's not it's it's all the bands since the pandemic i think with with what we're talking about, not just the visas, but merch cuts and all these things across different areas of the world. Um, does that... Well, oh, go ahead. Yeah, that as well, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, and, A band always you know, that is actually, um, um, financially, it's not very feasible to do a US tour. I can tell you that it's a lot of hard work um, <clears throat> and a lot of sleepless nights. And uh, a band like us probably goes home with very little money. 
uh, people don't realize how difficult it is. You know, I see comments sometimes from people on social media, oh, this is not a proper North American tour. You're just doing one month in 11 states. Um, you're not going everywhere, you know. <laughs> and it's like, fuck, <laughs> if you only knew um, how, um, yeah, how difficult it is, you know, because um, you actually don't make a lot of money as a band. It's the crew that makes some money, mm-hmm. um, unless you are Kiss or, you know, like a bigger band. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm not going to complain. I'm really, really grateful. We have a great crowd in North America and um, my heart is full. Yeah, it's uh, and that's that's just and then to keep it on the positive note, you're right. But that's something bands need to know and hear because I think a lot of bands have to understand that there's a. I, th- I think growing up as like a musician type person, like art was the thing that mattered. But now it's like you really have to learn these budgeting things before you jump full circle into a band. I think a lot of younger bands have to learn that early on, um, because you know your heart's full of adventure. You know, sharing that stage is, you can't, you know, change it with uh, anything else in the world to get that high of people singing songs that you wrote and all those things. But the budgeting has to always make sense, especially, you know, when you, how difficult it has been for bands from, you know, you know, the European area to come to North America. And we're seeing less and less bands do that, unfortunately. Um, and I, I, I do have the fear that it's going to be tougher and tougher to get you guys to come over here. Because um, it's not the same for our bands flying over there. It's not the same at all, correct? Um, that is true. It's very easy. Uh, U.S. bands basically just buy a plane ticket and come over. Mm-hmm. Um, European bands coming to the U.S. have to go through this really uh, crazy visa procedure that's very costly. And basically, you strip down in front of the U.S. government. They want to know everything. Um, but I heard that they're actually going to change that uh, the other way around. Uh which is unfortunate. So they will make it harder, the European Union, for U.S. bands to enter uh, soon. I've heard. Uh, mm. It sucks. <laughs> but, um, I, yeah, I, I don't know. What, hmm? oh, no, I've, ahead. Heard, I've, heard, I've heard the same rumor. That's all That's all saying, yeah. So, yeah, um, right. and I wonder why. I just wonder, I wonder why uh, things are getting tighter and tighter. Um, and, and, and when you started a band, it was always a worldly thought process right not just like hey we're going to take europe on you're going to take on the world right and i think maybe in time that's going to change for younger bands where they have to just kind of really really maybe a festival fly out or something like that um and you guys have done you know like cycle vegas out here i've seen you out here in vegas uh, where i'm at um is that maybe the most feasible thing or is that also kind of a difficult path to do because you do a visa just to fly out for one show or so just for one show, you need the same visa. Same. It, they yeah. make it, yeah, they make it very difficult. Um, Cycle Las Vegas, uh, they are very smart because they have, um, I think some people that run it are actually lawyers, one or two of them. And they have a law firm that actually um, uh, gets these visas for bands um, because otherwise they, it wouldn't be possible for them to get all these bands over. And, and even then, you know, because the uh, U.S. government is very, like, uh, peculiar they they really look at everybody very exactly and um you really have to have your shit together to get that visa granted so um i'm not surprised that sometimes bands um can't come like last minute and things like that because there will be one person that maybe you know out something wrong in the long paper trail or you know something isn't right for him to enter the country it's it's really not easy <laughs> and you would think um we're 
all a bunch of terrorists, you know. <laughs> Unfortunately, yeah, that's how it. Uh, it's it's changed so much the world. It's it's unfortunate. I, it depresses me, but I'm sure everybody feels the same. But we let's 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 go to a positive topic. And really, the reason why we're we're chatting right now is the album we're looking forward to. One of the albums we're looking forward to most in 2024 is Lucifer Five. Um, obviously three and four made our best of the year list. We were super stoked about those records. Um, tell us about the writing process on this one and kind of how it might've been different than, uh, three and four. Actually, it has been exactly the same. So Nick, <laughs> it's Nick and I, uh, we wrote, uh, most of the songs, uh, Lena's wrote, uh, one song, uh, with me together. Uh, we just do the same thing, you know, um, somebody comes with, uh, some riffs or, like the foundation of a song and then I sit down in another room and I do, you know, I write lyrics and, and do my vocals and stuff. And then we kind of go through it together. We recorded this in our studio again uh, at home in Sweden and uh, Nick's home palace. <laughs> and um, I don't know what I can tell you. It's, uh, it's, um, I, I'm actually surprised how many albums we've done in kind of a short amount of time. Uh, at the same time, it feels, uh, yeah, because of the pandemic, you know, we're sitting at home so much. So of course, you know, what else do you do? If you can't go out and play, you, you write records. Um, I'm just stoked and I'm very curious to see how it goes because the, um, uh, this is going to be the first album on Nuclear Blast. Before that, we were on Century Media for three albums. Yeah. So um, I hope people dig it. For me, I think it's, um, I guess everybody would say that, but this is my favorite Lucifer album. Um, I just think that uh, the band is uh, ripe, ripe to be grabbed. Uh, nice. And um, the songwriting, I think the production sounds better. We had um, Robert Pearson mix it. He's a good friend of because they, they play together at breath. Um, he has his own studio as well, so because we just didn't have time to mix it and uh, ourselves, as we did with the last album before that. So he did that, and I think that um, did make a difference. Uh, if you compare the albums, you know, like sound-wise, when we were mastering them, we were listening back to the album before that, and then cutting into the new album. It has a bit of a crisp sound, still very 70s, but it cuts through more. Um, and writing-wise, it, it's very close to my right. Nice. And and it is great that there's been the same lineup, the same five people, uh, you know, for the last four or five years on all these records. Um, and, you know, how is how has the growth been as far as communicating and you guys, uh, you know, knowing exactly what 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 everybody wants in the band when it comes to you know, like three albums in? Yeah, exactly. You know each other's language by that point. Um I don't think we have to explain much more. It is funny, you know, because everybody has their own quirks when it comes to tastes and how to write music and already what the other one would kind of say, <laughs> what the other one would do different, you know, but we also all learned uh, how to uh, cater towards each other or make steps towards each other. Um, not compromises, but um, uh, I think we all understand what we all agree on what the greater good is for the album and and where to maybe sometimes uh, dampen personal preferences um, towards this will make the song better. Nice. Yeah, no, I think yeah. that's that's exciting as well. 
Um, and it, it also like, you know, it, it just, it just makes everything funner. I think when everybody finally understands, you know, the language and all that stuff now, you know, concept conceptually, um, is this one any different than maybe the last couple, you know, conceptually album wise, anything like artwork wise that, uh, that you can share with us? Well, um, I can describe it like this. I am lying in a coffin. And the coffin is, it's a real transport coffin from over 100 years ago. It's a very old, like, uh, metal coffin um, that I borrowed from a friend of mine and um, for this shoot. And I made everybody lie in that coffin. <laughs> and so conceptually, you know, not much has changed. Uh, it's uh, a lot of songs about death. It's very morbid. Um, there's uh, romanticism in there. There's a lot of hard rock and stuff in there so you go through all the um different emotions um like on every record there's no concept um and that i guess is also very typical me i i am not a concept person i just kind of follow my heart and you know sometimes you have days where you're shattered and then you have days where you're on top of the world and that's kind of um, the, the the story of the songs, you know, you have a little bit of everything. You have songs, you have the doom, you have the heavy rock, and um, you might have something that's better desk as well for slow dances on the cemetery nice. <laughs> or whatever. Yeah. So the coffin so, is a hundred years old. You said. Yeah, it's over a hundred years old. Yeah. Wow. It's really cool. It's very detailed with like little angels like on the side and so on. I, I love this. You don't see so much of the coffin because it's um, the cover is very black and, and um, I'm in the coffin and um, somebody asked me, why are you standing in a doorway with your arms crossed? And I'm like, dude, I didn't lay in this coffin for an hour, uncomfortable for nothing. Look again. <laughs> <laughs> got to promote it one more time lucifer five just coming out january 26th guys make sure you're pre-ordering it uh are you guys planning videos because last time you did a lot of cool videos that kind of work coincided with with the songs but it was it was it was real fun um is it kind of a similar uh task this time with some of the songs or or have you guys not talked about that yet yes and yes so um we have all the videos done and there will be two videos that are linked to each other by the time this interview comes out the videos are out yeah. so we've had one released already called at the mortuary uh, which is part one of a short film which is kind of like a 70s horror zombie film featuring um eric from niflheim and um he's a zombie that's chase chasing me uh the second part of the video gives away why he's chasing me um uh we have yeah we actually have the most singles coming out to this album that we ever had coming out to any album so we'll have five singles leading up to album release exciting so speaking of halloween because we always have a theme in my house whenever we do halloween we watch a lot of different horror movies and stuff um would well, you ever have like a halloween like or october theme of like the movies that you're going to watch or is that kind of just all year round for you like are you always kind of watching this classic stuff or do you always come to a theme like for example this year me and my wife we did the best Australian horror movies, and that's all we watch, right? Do you do you come up with concepts like that? Kind of, uh, and does that inspire in any way? Oh, that's really cool! Now you're inspiring me. Maybe I should tell Nick to uh, for next thing. Actually, you know, the thing is, for Halloween is more of a big deal for me because I actually lived in the states for three years. Uh huh. 
Nick for Swedish people, Halloween is kind of new. So, um, and Nick didn't really pay attention so much uh, yet to it, but I'm trying to make a thing out of it. So since we are together, I always buy pumpkins and we carve like cool shit, you know, I've, I've had the Blue Oyster Cut symbol and Alice Cooper and all of Nick's favorite uh, things. I'm, you know, I'm trying to carve that to get him excited. <laughs> and now I think he is, so I'm going to adopt your, uh, your concept of watching movies. That's really cool. Um, we do, I do try to watch like classic horror movies with him, you know, like we, we watch like old classics that maybe one hasn't seen for, for some years, you know, like Omen Exorcist and these like very classic, yeah. classic ones. We, we've been doing it for years and it's the best thing ever. And we've also done where, you know, revisit whatever Friday the 13th all the way through the remakes and because there's like 15 of those now, you know, you, you, we do those as well, but I found it so much interesting because we did like Korean movies last year. Um, and like the stuff that's coming out of countries like that, you don't know until you look down it is amazing, you know? And this year we did the, the greatest Australian movies. I did watch a movie called Wake and Fright, uh, from the seventies. Uh, I don't know if you've heard of this, but they, they, they kill all these kangaroos like for reals. And I wish I never saw it. (laughs) Oh, you think they did it for real for the movie? They did. I, I looked it up afterwards. It, it was probably the most. It was like they came out to in the movie. I'm not giving anything away. This guy came out and they decided to just get drunk and hunt kangaroos. And then all of a sudden, you're seeing all these kangaroos get like killed, shot. And I'm like, God, I can't watch this. This can't be real. And then sure enough, I looked it up and uh, it was a big deal. Oh, it, it was horrible. Yeah, it was horrible because, um, um, yeah, I mean. I love animals more than humans. That's for sure. <laughs> Don't. But, uh, I, yeah. From time, who said it was from the seventies? Seventies, yeah. Right. Yeah, you gotta you gotta look out. Back in the day, they they did murder animals on on film. Sometimes you just gotta, you know. I remember yeah, yeah. I remember watching Apocalypse Now, and I was a young person, and they like slaughtered a cow with a machete, and it's it probably gave me more nightmares than Freddy Krueger. <laughs> So it's like you just got to pay attention, people out there. But yeah, Wake and Fright, very, very frightening uh, movie that uh, killed a lot of kangaroos. And that's another thing. I'm not from Australia, so kangaroos are like the greatest animal on the planet. They're so exciting to look at. So that's another part of that. But uh, anyways. Actually, I think kangaroos look so fucking frightening. I've seen some videos, you know, where it's like some guy living in the outbacks and who has like a mirrored window in his like bigger house. And you have like this kangaroo dude punching the windows and it looks so scary because they have something human-like with their arms, you know? Yes. Yes. They, they, it, <laughs> you know what? They, they have those the kangaroo. I know we're, we're kind of a little off topic, but the kangaroos have those arms where they look like they can sucker punch you and you can't see it coming. Exactly. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, Cause you're paying attention and to I the think, feet. <laughs> and I think, um, the scary thing is, which translates to, um, scary humans is, um, physical strength and muscles, but then a very small brain. Mm-hmm. Yes, <laughs> yeah. that is true. I that's... think that's what makes it so scary also with like sharks, because you know they're kind of, they're not like hyper intelligent, but they're, but they're these killer machines. And that's how I kind of view kangaroos and human beings, you know, who are not very intelligent, but <laughs> who get dangerous by physical strength, the more so because they have no intelligence. Thousand percent. Now, I that's I always think about this when I think about humanity because uh, I'm always like, if we just somehow 
got smarter, right? Things would just solve themselves. But like every year, at least the older I get, it feels like we're doing things to make us dumber forever. Like we're never really doing anything to educate better, you know, the next generation. And that's that's in my country. So I'm not speaking for the world, everybody. I'm sure other countries are different. Um, but is I heard it, thing. I heard that um, in America they brought, or at least in California they brought back cursive writing mm-hmm. for kids. I mm-hmm. think that's really cool. Yes, uh, it's. It, I was really annoyed, you know, when I lived in California, and now I sound like I'm a hundred years old, but I was really annoyed how unable people are to have a nice hand, handwriting, like mm-hmm. young people. It was like, what the fuck? Are you three? You know, like writing, like really kind of crippled. And I had to learn when I was a kid how to properly write like cursive old school, you know, and I I think it's a nice uh, thing to have a good handwriting, you know, it's classy. Yeah. So I'm 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 proud of you, California, or do they do it in the rest of America? In in the school my kids go to, they're they're doing cursive still, but not the rest of America, no. And that's but that's the greatest point you made is that if you look at a thirteen or fourteen year old's handwriting in modern times, at least in, in North America, it, it they can barely write, and I'm not. It, it's almost to me where it's like I was growing up. I'd be considered illiterate if I wrote like that, but it's just because the education's now more focused on like computer stuff and things like that. So I don't want to give it on a scale, but you're right. There's 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 a uh, penmanship shows uh, attention to detail, and it shows that you care, right? When you write nicely like that, and, it, and yeah, exactly. I think I think that if if we don't teach our kids the attention to details and write nicely i feel like unfortunately they're just going to look for shortcuts to everything and as we know in life uh shortcuts are usually uh disasters that lead us to long cuts if i don't know if that made sense that makes sense yes absolutely absolutely i think lucifer wouldn't be lucifer if i wouldn't be extremely anal about little details It is, it's basically, you know, um, a compilation of um, paying attention to details, like small things, you know, every merch item, every poster design, every little how the font is current, <laughs> you know, I, um, I think I'm a very big pain in the ass when it comes to how things have to look. So, but I think that's what makes something um, round and good, you know, thoroughly. Absolutely no. That's that's a great point. Is because when I think of the band, I think of the visual aspects. I take it. I think of the pho- photography that's tied to it. I think of the music and how it all coincides, and it gives you this world, this presentation. Uh, and not a lot of bands, I th- at least modern bands, not a lot of bands follow suit in that. They kind of allow their artwork to be, and their image to be kind of. It almost looks like a scene, you know, like a bunch of scene stuff, and. Um, I think that's super important, and uh, that is that is a great great point because it it adds to the music when you listen to it when you when you have those details in place. You feel the same way, right? Yeah, absolutely. That's how I grew up. You know, when I was a teenager in the nineties, a hundred years ago. Um, but when I would, you know, I, I didn't have much money to uh, buy a physical product. Very often, I would copy stuff on cassette tape. So then I didn't have the visual stuff. But when I could actually buy an album in an LP or a CD, or like I, then I would buy like the DigiPack version because it had more artwork. Mm-hmm. And um, I would sit in my room and listen to this album over and over again and look exactly at the band photos and how the logo and and the colors and everything was worked in into this piece of art, you know, it was the world to me because I wanted to disappear 
into the music with all my senses as a fan and i still do this you know and uh, that's why i uh, i love bands that not only of course the music is always the number one thing mm -hmm. but when they also have the visual stuff down uh, and that really draws me in and of course that's why bands like kiss and ghost are so successful i think because they you know they they have this whole visual world to go hand in hand with the music and that's the ultimate to take you out of this fucking um you know banal world yeah. is if you create your own world absolutely yeah yeah i i i i completely agree with you as a, as a fan first when when it comes to music but um yeah that's that that is the beauty i've had people write me emails because uh, I've been doing the show now for a long time, uh, probably like a decade. But I always ask about the artwork. And I've had multiple emails through the histories like, why do you ask about the artwork? Like, nobody cares. And I'm like, well, uh, don't listen it's to me because you need to care. You know, like that's the, I was like, I wrote back. I'm like, you need to care. And you need to get a vinyl in your hand and look at it. And if it's lazy, it does affect the album for me. Like I've I've done that where I look at the artwork and I'm like, wow, this is just like, this is lazy. This doesn't work for me. And uh, it, 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 I mean, it, it affects the album. It, yeah. yeah, it is interesting that you say that. That of course there's people that don't think like you and I do. Yeah, um, correct. But um, for the ones who care, for those, and of course for myself. Yeah. <laughs> I think Lucifer is kind of like, um, and I would think that probably other artists in the same way. You create your own world to disappear into. That's because, that. Uh, yes. Go ahead. Yeah, Sorry about because that. it's so difficult to deal with the real world. All our lives have a piece of fiction that holds that we hold dear, like whatever the fiction may be, uh, that makes us better people, that that brings us, you know, to a place of kindness with others. Um, and it's because those worlds we give this uh, honor that matter. Like like art to me is more important than anything on the planet. Let it be music, film, whatever, because that's I I I hold the people that do it, and also them allowing me to consume it as pretty much the reason I, I, I wake up every day, almost in a way, you know, it really is me being able to listen to a record every single day, the rest of my life gives me so much love and reason to be on this planet till I'm 120, you know, and that's, uh, and that could be fiction to someone else, but I think it's a pretty goddamn good life. <laughs> so I'm going to stick with it. That's what I'm going to do. So, um, I totally it's all the comfort and all the highs you sometimes need. It's, all coming from music or films or 100 percent. so with that always a pleasure i see our time's running out here but i gotta promote one more time one of the albums we're most excited about guys coming out this year 2024 that is lucifer five i want to thank you once more time for calling us here at the metal sucks podcast thank you so much always a pleasure talking to you pete
the Metal Sucks Podcast.
just the whole band, man. I'm all about it, guys. Lose for five. It's coming out January 26th. Pre-order, pre-order, pre-order. First two songs you heard, both off the latest record, guys. First one, At the Mortuary. Second one, Slow Dance in a Crypt. As I mentioned, guys, uh, the, if, if you dug those songs, you're going to love, love, love this record. Uh, such a joy. Such a, uh, a style I love that's unreplaceable. Lucifer 5 coming out January 26th. Pre-order it now, guys. Uh, with that, thank you all for the five-star reviews on the good old Apple iTunes. That is all we ask for. As a podcast team, go over to Metal Sucks Podcast, five stars, walk away, we're happy, and support on our archive podcast, uh, Rise to Offend. Still getting a ton of listens, which is really cool. Um, oh, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's I, just, great. I just checked the numbers. I'm like, holy shit, that went up like a lot. And um, that's <laughs> I haven't checked in like seven months, so maybe that's why. But, um, you know, I'm glad because we're really proud of that show and all the episodes we've done. Um, we've done so many different figures. So, yeah, the support on Rise to Offend means the world to us. If you guys have any questions, write us in, rise to offend at gmail.com. Uh, but with that, once again, Happy New Year, all our friends. It's going to be a beautiful 2024. Stay positive, mm-hmm. stay, stay loving, stay kind, and stay metal. We'll talk to you guys next week. The Metal Sucks Podcast is signing off.